Welcome, you delicious human, to the Love Yourself podcast, hosted by yours truly, Kate Kirtle. I'm here to make your life happier and healthier and teach you everything I've learned about becoming a self-loving human and building a really solid connection with yourself. On this podcast, I'll be giving you my best advice, mindset, and perspective shifts so that you can realize how fucking incredible you truly are and learn how to treat yourself like your own BFF. Here, we take the fluff out of self-love, <laughs> but we do not fuck around. The relationship you have with yourself is literally the most important one in your entire life, and I am here to show you how. So without further ado, let's dive right on in to today's episode. What is up, you delicious humans, and welcome back to the Love Yourself Podcast. This is episode number 24, and I am so incredibly excited because today I have a very, very, very special guest. She is a best-selling author of a book called Passionistas. She's the founder of Passion to Paycheck. She's a TV host. She's an inspirational speaker. She helps women reach their full potential. But more importantly than all of those labels, she is my sister-in-law. She is an incredibly self-aware human. And I may be a little bit, a little bit biased, but she's one of my favorite humans. And I know that today... She's going to deliver you some fucking absolute gold takeaway. So, Erica Delacruz Purdle, <laughs> welcome to the party. Yay! I'm so excited. I just got to the party and here I am. I love you so much. I'm so excited. I'm going to go back and listen to all 23 episodes now. Yeah, excellent. I know. Um, so, for anyone who doesn't know, my brother married Erica last year. And they live in America together. Erica from America. Erica from America. And Erica has um, many, she wears many different hats. But like I said, more importantly than that, she's an incredibly self-aware human. She's done a lot of internal work. And she's someone who I really admire in, um, as a human being, but also in the space of self-awareness and consciousness and um, manifestation and she has a lot to share and a lot to teach and I'm yeah, so- yeah. I love it I love it so much I know it's it's so beautiful because now I collapse you with stepping into more like spirituality alignment all of that so it's so funny because the podcast is like a reflection of what you've been up to in your life I love it yeah love so it. kick it off I like to ask everyone what does self-love mean to you Ooh, self, oh man, self-love. I just got this image of a big mountain because uh, self-love, I feel like it's not as easy as the memes make it out to be. Definitely. Like I personally have to do, I, I have had such discipline in the area and that is why I have heightened self-esteem and it wasn't like, oh, love yourself. Okay, great. I do. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's been a journey. So I feel like Self-love is a journey. I think it's in layers. I think that at different stages of your life, you will improve upon it if that's where your, your energy and attention is focused. And I think that it is ever expanding. I don't think there's ever a point where you're like, oh, I'm done loving myself. I think that the pool goes, it's infinite. The, deep, the depth to which you can love yourself huh, is so deep. And the other thing that it comes to mind when I think of self-love is is oddly going back in time. So you don't just dive back. You don't dive into self-love to begin. In my opinion, you go backward in your timeline and figure out all the beliefs and human structures that made your machinery want to keep you so 
safe and so um, self-critical, all of these things. And that helped me identifying what had me not love myself so much allowed me to then identify and transform those, those thought patterns and those beliefs because sometimes people want to start from here and put on a lot of the lathering of the creams and the lotions metaphorically of all the self-love, self-care. I have found it really helpful to just like, oh, examine what happened when I was four. Did something weird happen when I was like 17? What did dating look like for me? And then with that work came a lot of <laughs> a lot of flashlight moments where it's like, oh, it's not in the dark anymore. You can see it. Yeah, 100%. I love um, all of that. Um, the first thing that you said was that self-love is not as easy as all the memes that you see on Instagram. And that was one of the reasons that I started this podcast is because I just kept seeing everywhere like, just love yourself, fucking put on a face mask and have a bubble bath. <laughs> and of course... Yes, those are acts of self-care and things that assist in the process of self-love and showing yourself respecting and care. But self-love is so fucking deep. And of course, it's incredibly important to unpack all of your beliefs and understand your childhood and what happened and really yeah. work out why you are the way that you are and why you think the way that you think. And there's, it's just such an incredibly deep process that Instagram doesn't um, allow the understanding of. Totally. No, absolutely. And that's funny because that's why I love when I was when I was learning about you also thinking and believing self-love, self-care, they're different. I 100% relate to self-love as such an in-depth process, a peel back and a really emotional experience. Like I feel that there's so much depth. Self-care, that is where those lotions to be lathered on. Self-care, I identify more with my being in the present moment, my feeling in the present moment, my um, yumminess, if you will, and those little, those little, almost like band-aid like things that literally can heal wounds if you integrate them. That's the self-care. I'm not they, and they more than help with access to self-love. If that, in my opinion, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah. and and I guess for context of that comment, the differentiation that both of us see is that. Self-care is like acts and behaviors and things that you can do to assist in the process of self-love. But self-love is this deep, emotional, mental understanding of self, acceptance of self, respect of self. And they yeah. all intertwined and they assist in each other. They're actually two separate entities in um, one's more like behaviors and acts and one's more like emotional being. Yes. Like when I think per- just personally, my biggest uh, crux my MO is loving to just hate, loving to, to criticize me myself and this weird like little spiral of perfectionism. And I think of getting into a bubble bath or like watching a Disney movie for me, or going on a walk or saying no to people. For me, those operating tools don't actually do that. They don't actually answer the perfectionism, criticism part of myself. And there's a degree of self-love and self-care that it improves my self-esteem, but those deeper wounds of like, why do I feel the need to go and criticize myself? I do feel like I need to go explore that to transform it versus just taking the bubble bath. If, yeah. Like it doesn't answer the, it doesn't answer my question personally. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. Perfect. Love it. I love it. I love it. Perfect. I love you. 
I wish I could fly to Australia right now. That would be self-care. That would be self-care. We haven't seen each other for like 18 months since they got married last year. And with all this coronavirus bullshit, it probably won't be for another year, which is going to be two and a half years by the time I see you face to face. That's the craziest shit. And it feels like I just saw you last week. And then I really realized, yeah, last week when we talked was like, wow, it has been and will be a long fucking time. Yeah, I know, I I know. I called Jock and Erica last week crying or a few days ago crying because I missed them so much. (laughs) Totally. And now I'm crying because we actually sent something that way and it still hasn't arrived to Australia. And I just feel like there's just struggles on both ends. I'm like, are you kidding me? I want to just fly over there and... I have faith. It will arrive. I think it's stuck in customs somewhere. I guess. What the hell? What the hell? Anyway, so... I sound American when I say that. Yeah. You sound American all the time. <laughs> I'm Erica from America. Erica from America. Erica <laughs> from America. With your cell phone and your candy. Yes, good job. You sounded very USA. Yeah. Righty. So um, going back in time, because of course, understanding our childhood and things that may have happened to create certain beliefs and ideologies about ourselves. At what age were you when you started to become aware of the relationship that you had with yourself? And when did you sort of start to understand yourself on a deeper level? And if you also want to talk to things that may have happened that created a poor relationship with yourself. Yeah, it's funny. Looking back, I feel that I feel I know the moment I experienced kind of low self-esteem, low self-worth. And then I know the moment I became more aware of it. And there's so, there's such a timeline in between, which is the point, right? We're like, so we believe that the world is one way and it's because it's how we experience it. Later, you can say, oh, I experienced it because of this, this, and this. So it's subjective. It's all through your lens. And I think what the first, one of the first times I began feeling like, okay, I need to do things and be a certain way and look a certain way so that I'll be worthy is literally around like that fifth grade moment uh, for us in the States. It's like, I don't know, whatever, year five, you guys have that? Yeah, like in Australia? 11, yeah, 11 10 yeah. or 11, because up until that point, it's kind of like on the playground, a little bit more oblivious, I think till you're like nine or till I was rather. And then at age in that fifth grade year, whatever that was for boys and girls, we had our first dance, which was boys and girls. And I honestly, I had this best friend and there was this new girl in class that that my best friend had known when they were infants, their moms had each other in the same hospital. So I remember she came in and said, oh, I know Ashley, Ashley was her name. I've known Ashley since birth. And, and I remember that was the first time it was like threat, threat, like threat. And she started becoming friends with us. And I noticed that little things like at lunch or we'd be invited to the boys desk time, they would invite this other girl with her. And I started feeling like, oh, no, 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 no. And I started feeling like, okay, my worth was placed on where I was sitting at the, in, in the lunch breaks and was I invited to this boy's table 
during parts of the year. Like I remember becoming conscious of like those things mean I'm good. And the, and when I'm not invited to those things, it means like I'm stupid, dumb, ugly, not on the top of my like game. And even Ashley now we're best friends and we just saw each other last week and we were trying to explain to our now husbands how we we want to not care what other people think. And the environment we were raised in was a private school where weirdly in the social hierarchy starting at fifth grade, it mattered and other people placed value on what you looked like, where you were sitting. And so it's hard for us, like, you know, 20 years later to just be like, oh, who cares that I'm walking in looking like crap or that, you know, they saw us fight. And because our natural instinct is to be perfect, look perfect, hold yourself perfectly and like undercut like this other girl who was claiming my best friend. (laughs) I remember like, this is really bad. And I remember spreading a funny thing about this scrunchie she was wearing. And I was like, that scrunchie was the ugliest scrunchie. And I'm like, wow, looking back, I was in fifth grade and I was telling people that it was an ugly scrunchie in hopes that in like surviving, like hopes that she would go down a peg. And it's such a little thing, but I think that especially if you're a girl, there's this weird thing that starts to form in girl friendships and popularity and stuff, at least in the United States, that at a certain point, like there is an in crowd that you strive to become a part of. And then yeah, my self-love was nowhere. It was basically, I'm not great. Like who cares that I was a great dancer, that I was an imaginative, that at home I did all this funny, amazing stuff. All that mattered for me was at school, what my status was and where I was sitting. And I remember it starting so early. So yeah, I'd say like I became aware of that then and it persisted. And it was a result of like a lot of worth being placed in the attention you got from boys and what you looked like. And a lot of the compliments that I got growing up, that was also physical and it was very performy. Like if I placed well in a pageant or something, it would be hailed or what I was. Pageant? Yeah. Yeah. No, I did beauty pageants growing up. I didn't know that. Oh my God. No, I did like more than. That is like the most American thing ever. I did beauty pageants growing up and I remember getting such praise and I loved it like being eight years old and knowing that this love was going to come my way after this pageant where I was full makeup like ponytail on the hair with this weird curly fake hair like I remember that and I just remember like even my parents they just lit up so you learn okay got it when I place well in the beauty category I get love and And then yeah exactly and so I remember always feeling like I don't know in high school was the very very I was so aware of depression I just always felt like I wasn't wearing the right thing I always felt like an outsider it was so sad I felt like boys it was weird it was like I was like the boy who liked me or didn't like me determined if I was okay or happy that day or not. And it's because even when you're not interested in someone, you know, in my world, in, in, even in high school, it's like the girls will be like, Ooh, so-and-so's interested in you. And all of a sudden your status and your treatment would climb, I guess, within your social world. It's so vicious, but recently, probably like 
diving into starting six years ago or so, I started realizing that I had this obsession with being perfect and looking good and needing to, oh God, just like obsessively monitor what I eat. Did I eat that? Like, is my nose bigger? Um, I grew up and every blonde was in the fricking middle of everything. It was like Barbie could be Barbie, but if you were a brunette, you had to be the sidekick and like <laughs> it sucked. And in the United States, I don't know where, you know, if it's the same, but like there's a big stigma around, are you Mexican? And just the stigma in the United States. And I remember I'm white passing, but I remember having this weird shame of like, what if they find out that I'm Mexican and I am Mexican. Now it's so silly to me, <laughs> but I remember feeling like, ah, just all these insecurities. And at a point in college with, with a relationship, I ended that relationship that I was hooked on from probably high school to, to college. And when I ended that relationship, I wrote this, it was like the world has to also agree that it's time for you to put that behind you. Like divine timing, like all the self-work and things that you do, it will pay off. And the world has to meet you at that divine timing. And I feel like when I split up with this guy around college time, I saw so clearly I just like fell to my knees and said, I'm done. And I was cheated on like so much during that time. And I would never, it would never be confirmed because he was in another city and I would just stay and stay and stay. I had lost like my whole family kind of split apart in those years. So he became my world and I was being cheated on. And I was like constantly trying to figure out what I was going to wear when I was going to see him. It just took away my life. So when that relationship ended, I weirdly had a pinnacle come to come to Jesus, if you will, and was like, what am I doing? And I drew physical lines that went through four pages in my notebook saying all the lines that I would never have crossed again. And to this day, I've never had, had them crossed. Like anybody who makes me feel X, Y, Z, or if I become this person and all the habits included obsession over what another person was doing, obsession in my physical appearance, obsession in remaining on top. Like it was just this weird thing that I became and I said I'd never go back there. And then the next day I caught myself when I was like obsessing over food. It it was like so clear. And makeup, I would never leave the house without makeup. And I don't know what that breakup did for me, but it had me become a whole new better person and I was like whoa and I started leaving the house makeup free I started developing really healthy habits like I would go to the gym but then I would just eat healthy consistently let myself have a treat and I fully shed this psychotic fixation I had on my body and it was like is my butt too big is it too small what's going on it all went away and I have felt so hot since. Like I felt beautiful and I probably don't look any different than the 10 years I was obsessing. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was crazy, but I became more self-aware at least of these little habits after that breakup, I feel. And I was like probably 23, 22 or 23 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing all of that. I think just, just for, if anyone hasn't, or can't see, I guess, the relationship between childhood and what showed up in her adult life. 
um, the, the, the fixation on like looks and the receival of recognition and love in pageants and um, even, even the recognition in like primary school boys and shit like that. And then <sighs> when, when we receive that or, or what we deem as receiving love and recognition for looking a certain way, then of course that's how we continue to act because that's safe and that's what we feel will continue to show up in our adult life. So the connection of perfection basically in childhood and then that showing up in your adult life is so distinct and so like you know we can look back on hardships in gratitude like that breakup almost made you like pull down all of the bullshit that existed and then you know we hit rock bottom and we can start building up what we actually how we actually want to be and what we actually want to do and how we actually want to live yeah when I say like self-love comes in sections that was like part one. And I've, I was like, wow, I really love who I am. And I didn't realize it then, but it wasn't, it wasn't even scratching the surface. It was like on a physical level, who I am is amazing. And when I shifted every person that I was in a relationship with after, which was about three, they like, to this day, we have amazing relationships. Now I have the best husband ever. That's how I met Kate. (laughs) But They were just, I was no longer a match for what I was attracting. Who I was when I was in that relationship, ew, that's like all I was attracting. You know, there was like a a break we took and I was still attracting these like weirdos. And now, oh my God, when I, even when I met your brother, I'm like, hey, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. And he goes, why isn't this going to work? Why isn't this going to work? I'm like, oh, it's nothing about you. It's just, you know, who I am. The person will be messaging me nonstop. He'll want to know how I am every minute. And all of a sudden, all he took, all he needed was to hear that, um, that bar that I had, I'm not going to move the bar. It stayed there. And he met it and evolved and he loved that I knew who I was and what I, you know, deserved and expected. And I had never said those words in a relationship before, but who I was attracted even ex-boyfriends who I have even shared with Jock he has qualities that I learned that I did want from relationships after I was the person I wanted to be. Like all of a sudden I was attracting a different type of romantic partner. And I was like, whoa, law of attractions, freaking! it has to be real. The other type of guy, the type that wants to like, I- I'm sure someone here has experienced this. Like, Oh, do you, or don't you know if they text you back or are you always questioning or did I do something wrong? All those weird games, they literally, I wasn't a match for them. They disappeared. I I couldn't have that kind of person to interact with because I was just, I just wasn't a match for it anymore. No tolerating it. After eight years that night, it was like, oh no, okay. Now I know what I want. And that such clarity that it just, oh my God. The other people I was dating, you know, there's other issues, but that was not one of them. I was like, okay, that's better. Yeah, that's such a beautiful place to get to when you, like, you know what you will and you won't put up with and anyone outside of that, just like, you just don't fucking put up with it. So in, I guess, that process of that first breakup and then deciding what you did want, is there something that you can speak to in like how you came to that decision or how you worked out like, all right, well, I clearly don't fucking want that. And this is what I like will and won't put up with. How did you sort of come to that? Totally. This moment. Yeah. No, the weird thing is that 
it was so qualitative, not necessarily quantitative. For me, it was, ooh, I know how I want to feel. I know how I want to feel. And I remember thinking, how would I feel if I was so loved, so adored? How would I feel? Because I can compromise, I can negotiate, and I can meet people halfway. But there is a type of feeling that is non-negotiable and it's it's in the quality of human being it's in a decisive man who would come into my life and there'd be no dilly dally over what does he want to be with me like I just like I just knew (laughs) almost like okay I want to feel this way and I think it came in a confidence like I was like okay pretend as if but the pretend as if just became real. Like if I was so confident and loved myself so much and knew I didn't need anyone. Cause that was the other thing I didn't want to date. Like I actually mm. didn't need to date. I mm. actually was like, I need to be with me. I need to love me. I want to feel so this and that. And I, my confidence shot through the roof. Once I decided to stop to like, let go of this body dysmorphia that I had for so freaking long, I stopped weirdly for me, the need to wear makeup or not wear makeup was a huge one. I just realized like more in the physical sense that I was everything I needed to be and that guys would be like, whoever I'm seeing would be nuts to be like, oh, do I second guess this? I would politely say, oh, you're not, oh, well, sorry, you're not a match for me. Like I feel really bad for you. And I have stuck there and it was more qualitative, like be aware of how you would feel, become aware of how you would feel, feeling adored, loved, and, and like you know exactly what you deserve is with you now mm. and recognize that feeling. And when that feeling is the opposite, you know exactly, ding, 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 communicate what you need or gently move on. But I, I was never going to feel, I guess, the way that I had felt. And that's a little drastic. Like, I went through a lot of trauma to get there. So I don't know that just a normal relationship would have done that, but eight years for me being like 16 years old to 22, 23, it, it was like, he was my world. Yeah, I know. I'm not great with math. You could, <laughs> you could do that shit, but it was like, it was like, I'm never doing this again. It's, it's like one of those, like, you know, you have a near death experience. I felt like it was pretty drastic, but it's interesting because talking about self-love dating, that's like a whole animal in itself. But then the chapter two of self-love is when I discovered almost like that was hurdle number one. And as a being, I got really confident, but then the layers underneath of, am I dumb? Am I good enough? They lingered. So it was a big change but it weirdly wasn't in dating. It actually applied more to my like career world of perfectionism. I don't have what they have. Why would they want to say yes to me? That's a whole, a whole other animal and beast of this self-love thing. So that's why I always say it's layers, it's stages, it's physical, it's emotional, it's everything. Yeah. So to go back a couple of steps, do you feel that it was just like a decision of I'm sick of I'm sick of this. Like I'm, I'm no longer putting up with this and this is what I will put up with. And it was just like 
I'm going to make this fucking decision and anything outside of this is just not, I like, I no longer have time or space for anything outside of this. Yeah. Yeah. Like I actually believed it and I still do believe it because the big part of making a life changing decision is when you believe it. Like, and to make a good decision where you have full belief that, yeah, no, I'm actually, no, I'm so done. But when you're really done, it's often that the costs of the way you were doing it before so greatly outweighed the benefits, like the benefits of having someone to kiss. That was nothing compared to the toll it took on my life, the obsession that I had every moment, the inability to live in my present life because I was obsessed with what was going on in my relationship. Like, no, no more. And yeah, it's like you decide and you stay committed. And when I say committed, when I wanted to go back to text him, I set up an accountability partner, my sister. And I said, and I was like in a ball in the fetal position five days later after I made that decision. And I called her and I was like, I don't want to call him. Like, please help me not call or text him. And I had such a beauty come with that because it was personal power that I'd never had. And it wasn't like, Ooh, I'm going to make him squirm power. I thought that was power. It wasn't, it was true moving on true new habits, true detachment from this old thing. And I declared out loud to people and in my notebook and to a higher power to the universe, to God, to the world, whoever is out there listening, I will saw my arm off physically before I text message him back and I was going to get them. It's not like the temptation wasn't there. Like it would be in my inbox and I would say, I'm not, I'm actually not. You don't have the privilege of my response back because I actually know where I'm sitting in the hierarchy. And it is at this beautiful throne at the top of the thermometer. I don't even know how you even got into my life anymore. And sharing it, enrolling others, having accountability. Like I wanted to vomit half the time. Like it was so difficult, but there's no way in hell I was going back. I'm like, no, fuck, no. Yeah, yeah it was weird, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. I haven't thought of that in so long. I love this. <laughs> yeah, go Erica. I still have that notebook where I drew out the lines. Jock has seen them, my hubby. I think yeah. I've seen them too. Totally. I was like, no more. Nope. Yeah. I think that's, it's just such an important thing to share. There's this quote and I'm going to butcher it, but like the premise is <laughs> true, true transformation happens when you're sick of your own shit or like sick of putting up with shit full stop, yeah. um, which I totally butchered, but that's, you know, the, the idea of it. And that's, exactly. it's like that moment of I c- can no longer do this anymore. And, and I guess speaking to a physical transformation, which a lot of my listeners are sort of here for, totally. um, it change really does happen when you get sick of your excuses you get sick of feeling like shit you get sick of putting up with shit you just get fucking sick of it and then you start to do absolutely anything possible to make and create the change that you want and so the like come to Jesus moment or the catalyst or whatever it is um I don't know that people necessarily have to reach like rock bottom to be able to create change but from my experience, I definitely reached rock bottom when I first began creating change. And like, this sounds like a bit of a rock bottom moment for you too. And oh, huge. 
yeah huge. not to say that if you're listening that you have to reach a rock bottom moment but there's nowhere to go when you're at the fucking bottom like you can literally only go up but yeah. if you catch yourself before getting there of course it's going to be a much less traumatic and hard experience exactly and there's a lot of claiming responsibility in change like I was responsible for letting that go on I actually didn't blame like true transformation it started with rebellion perhaps but there was so little of that in real transformation for me it was I'm responsible for letting this go on it's not the fact that he kept coming to me he's going to keep coming to me guess what I now I know that more than anything because I'm the best thing ever. So why wouldn't it keep coming to me? And it's like with physical transformation, like you're talking about, like there is there's food and it will be there all the time. And I even had to deal with that for a long time. I had this obsession with food. I was so fixated on what what will be served. When will it be there? What will be in my cabinet? And it was like, I have this. I felt like I had this golden torch at that point. And it helped in all areas of my life. A lot of the times I gain power in one place. Like I find when I go to the gym, when I'm working out and when I'm in my healthiest space, I'm taking the risks and sending the emails and I'm on my shit so much more because personal power in any area of your life will leak into the others because you test your true human capabilities and your human abilities. And that's why I've been doing ice baths recently. I got your brother to do 20 seconds of a freezing shower today. Yeah, so hard. And this Wim Hof method has been so beautiful because you don't really go through your life thinking, let me go on Mount Everest real quick and test what the body can do. But it's weird. It has helped in anxious times for me. I'm like, oh, I know when I'm that cold in this cold exposure that it's mind over matter and I can actually overcome it. And these weird baths are leaking into other uh, areas, personal power areas where I want to gain more control over the decisions I'm making or the endurance that I actually have, or instead of going to, Oh my God, this is over. I feel stronger doing other things that make me stronger. So the dating helped with the health and then the health of the last and not the last, cause this is always unfolding, but the big area after came in my like career pursuit of, all right, like you've done the dating health stuff. Can you be that confident in your dreams? <laughs> Where I, and I felt like shrunk back to size, you know, like little mini Erica again. So it's, it's funny because, and it, it don't let it feel like a failure because they'll just be bigger mountains and bigger dreams to now have to expand yourself for. Basically your dreams just require you to be a certain person and all goals require an evolution of you if they're bigger than your current ones. Anything you want that's better than what you have now requires you to be the person and your being to be aligned with better habits, better decisions, better beliefs. So I'm always like, okay, gotta come here first where other people are like, got to do that to-do list. I'm like, what's on my to-be list today? Who am I being taking this action? Like if I haven't cleaned my coffee maker for 8 million years, that shit's not going to be a good cup of coffee. And I'm not going to expect it to. Like I'm not, it's going to be like sour and moldy. And the same way is anything you're pursuing is going to come from the source, which is your mental space, I believe. The self-love work we're talking about. So if it's neglected, I feel like results aren't always sustainable if that part's like left out. Physical yeah. results. It's like, 100%. come on. 
Exactly. I love I love that person. Would you say personal power? Pers- yeah, personal power. Personal power. Yeah. 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 yeah so I believe that how we do anything is how we do everything. And so if you start to take responsibility in one area, it like overflows into other areas. And so again, speaking from a health standpoint, yeah. when we like losing weight or like changing your physical body is one of the most empowering fuck I just dropped something one of the most empowering (laughs) journeys that you can go down because you have to start taking responsibility for yourself and so whether it is your health or whether it is your relationships or like whatever fucking pillar of life it is that you want to take responsibility of once you start doing that it starts overflowing into all different areas and so I love that you shared that because I know you come from a bit of a different angle, not necessarily from like losing weight standpoint, but it was you taking responsibility of yourself and your yeah. relationship with your food, which of course is incredibly like totally. it's a, it's a massive one for women. Um, yeah. And that then overflowed into other areas. And I think that's just such an important message because at the end of the day, we have where all we've got. And if we don't like, we can't rely on anyone else to take responsibility for our shit. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a huge the biggest aha moment I've ever had is that you get something out of the thing that you're complaining about. You get something out of it. Like I was getting to be a victim. I was getting to be so like little helpless and still now in my self-esteem journey, when I'm like, Oh, how am I ever going to do that? I realize I'm getting something out of that, whether we want to admit it or not. And I'm like, what am I getting? I'm getting like love. I'm getting to stay small. I'm not having to do big things or take risks. I'm getting to stay uh, in my comfort zone. Exactly. Stay in my comfort zone. And like, what am I getting out of this? And it's like, nothing. I don't want to do it anymore. That's a lie. Admit to yourself what you're getting out of it. And I get to stay, you know, small and helpless. And I get to feel like, um, I don't know, like I need help and need saving and need to be taken care of um but when I can identify that that's the only way I can actually have access to transform it doesn't get transformed all the time but the only way to access transforming anything is to identify what it is and I'm like okay I know what I'm getting out of the things that I'm complaining about I know that it's not just cost that there is benefit to this thing or it wouldn't be here your whole life like you know what are you getting out of what are you getting out of saying, oh, I've done all the things, like I've read all the books, I've done all the diets, nothing works. Well, what are you getting out of declaring that? Because you are so getting, you get to stay unresponsible, you get to, to ha- lay blame on the other. That's a big benefit for any area of your life. Usually you get to lay blame in some other place and it feels and so good. have to take responsibility. Exactly, and it feels good. I think admitting that is the first step. Like it feels good to be insecure for me. Sometimes it feels good that I get to put it somewhere else, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't last. It Mm. feels good till I have the hangover of postponing and feeling like shit. It's like, yeah, that whole cake that I'm going to freaking consume within the span of 10 minutes is going to feel good now. But is it, is it going to last? It's not, it's like the opposite. Exactly. Right. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I speak to this a lot, like the instant gratification of doing something that feels easier in the moment, whether that be, you know, sitting on the couch versus going to the gym, eating the burger or like the fucking cake versus eating the salad or, 
you know, like staying quiet versus not having a hard conversation. Like it actually doesn't matter what it is. Anything feels easier in the moment, but in the long run, it's not the easier fucking thing to do because you continue to keep yourself small and in your comfort zone and not creating change. And I believe as humans, we're here to grow and evolve in whatever capacity that looks like to you in your life, in your circumstances, in your context, whatever. And so by continuing to choose the thing that you know keeps you small or keeps you not changing you're basically going against human evolution yes and choosing not to change which again in the moment feels easier but in the long run it makes you feel like shit do you guys have that song in australia walking smelling feeling like a million bucks that is (laughs) oh my god it's like oh my gosh no pass the bottle the heat is on i need this literally i'm gonna find this song for you because (laughs) the other part i i love what you're saying because the other end of that sentence for me is you're gonna feel like one of those scenes out of a movie after she gets like through the fire Dude, exactly. And that song always plays in my head. It's like maybe ludicrous or something. It's like walking, smelling, feeling like a million bucks. Uh, And it's like walking down the street on, this is a perfect example, on New Year's Eve. I have been doing a lot of meditative work, a lot of spiritual work. And I knew I tried to have like a a glass of um, like a cocktail the night before New Year's. I didn't get gain anything from it. My head started hurting and I'm like, shit. Sometimes when I'm doing a lot of spiritual work, I am literally vibrating higher than a buzz would actually make me. And it brings me down and it makes me, makes my head hurt. So the next day there were a lot more people around and I was like, ah, the fitting in part really got me because I wanted to get a cocktail. And in fact, I made a tea and I made a tea and it was kind of the same color and I put it in a cute little glass, but I remember like this was three days ago. I remember playing that song, like Erica, you're going to wake up tomorrow, walk in, smell in, feeling like a million bucks. <laughs> if you don't give in because the bigger power you feel after you don't, ooh, what yeah. is better than after the gym where you're like, walk in, smell in, <laughs> feeling like a million bucks. <laughs> I'm going to literally play that song for you because I always have to keep that in my mind. Like even when I'm not in the space to do something, Sometimes Jock, who I love, I love him for Kate's brother. (laughs) Yesterday, I was like, (laughs) full transparency, like day two of my period. I was like, (laughs) so anxious, crying. And I had to make this call and I didn't want to make it. And I was so pissed because Jock started dialing the number. And he's like, this is something you're just going to have to do. I actually couldn't such wait. such a jock thing to do. <laughs> I know. I hated him. And I was like cussing him out. It was like, well, I can't believe you're doing, hello. <laughs> and I just had the call. And even though I didn't fucking want to, afterward, I wasn't quite walking, smelling, feeling like I was still a little pissed. But this morning, after 24 hours, that action, not taking that action, I would feel like, oh, like the hangover of not doing something this morning, but because he made me fucking do it, whether I was ready or not, that long-term satisfaction was like, oh, I made that call yesterday. It's like off my list. I don't know if I was in my best space to have it, but I was in an acceptable one and it got done. And I feel way better than if I had post- postponed it. It would still be hanging over my head. So like, yeah, that's walk, a- smell, feel like a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's such a great example because it's not, it doesn't have to be massive things. Like small things can still feel hard, but even doing small things make small hard things make you feel fucking great. And I'm such a big believer of doing small, because when you, when you can't expect yourself to do big, hard things, if you can't do small, hard things. And so something that I do every day is I walk to the ocean and the ocean until like the last week, it's been fucking freezing. Like, I don't know, Celsius, like 15 to 7. I know that this means nothing to you. This American knows nothing about (laughs) 15 to 19 degrees Celsius, which on some, anyway, whatever. It's been like pretty cold. And so walking into the ocean feels hard, even though it's something so fucking small. Like you're literally just walking into a, a, a thing of water. But when I dive under a wave, literally, I feel like a new fucking human. Like all of my overthinking, my stress, my thoughts, all the bullshit just like washes away. I feel like it just cleanses my soul. And then I walk out feeling like a different human. But the Mm. process of going to the ocean most of the time feels hard. But doing that one small hard thing and then getting the, the, like reaping the benefits afterwards that yeah. one small thing and doing it consistently and daily means that then I, f- I feel more personal power to use your term to do exactly. big hard shit, like putting yourself out there and uh, doing yep. shit, whatever. Exactly. No. And it's, it's huge because then you just, the subconscious builds confidence for you. Like things that you're like, Oh, I did that. The subconscious will remember and identify that that capability is done often enough. It becomes like groundwork for you. You're just walking on a higher platform. And I'm like, oh, I've got to remember that. And these routines and habits when kept, it does feel freaking great. Like I'm going to do this breathing and I, and it's, it's weird. It's like, I don't want to do it, but I know afterward I'm going to feel so good. Like all the feels. And so here I am telling someone I'll be late because I need to put myself first and I need to do them. So yeah, I love that. The little yeah. small, what did you say? The little small hard things are big things. You can't, what did you-, you can't do small. You can't expect yourself to do big hard things unless you consistently do small hard things. All hard things. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <gasps> I'm going to tweet it. <laughs> oh my God, tag me. Oh my God, I will. This is so cool. This is like, oh, wow. I've just been projecting into the future because I'm having a vision board party soon. And I'm like, wow, picturing five years from now, it's so beautiful, like self-esteem work and this self-love chat. And my whole world is self-investigation right now. Like I promote investigating yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And like experts are cool and they're awesome. But sometimes the self-investigation gets lost. I'm like, wow, in five years, we could be doing a co-conference. Anyway, it's Why really five good. five years? Fuck that. Next year. Well, I did a five-year vision this morning and I'm like, what's the norm? And trust me, we would have done a few conferences. <laughs> We'd be sitting with like mocktails or cocktails on some balcony, depending if it was so spiritual by then that I'm just vibrating above every liquor. So I don't know. <laughs> but I even had the hotel. It's the uh, Rosewood in Paris. Ooh, I love projecting. Like France? Yes. Oh beautiful I know expect expect a lot more time in Europe the next two years I'll tell you more about that maybe the next like not after after 2021 when we can travel again so Um, they say yeah by the way if you're interested in a vision board party I'm going to put the link in the show notes of this episode it's yeah yeah right uh it is January 10th January 11th Australia 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah. So it's next um, next week, and then there'll be a replay later. But don't tell anyone that. <laughs> well, that's just being broadcasted. <laughs> okay. um, well, by the time you hear this, show up live. <laughs> well, this episode's actually going up this week, so it's perfect timing. So if Amazing. you are interested in a vision board party and like designing your life for 2021, the link to that will be in the show notes. Um, this is perfect. Hold on, I'm gonna. No one can see us, but whatever. Smile. Okay, that's for Instagram. She just took a selfie mid-podcast. Something that I want to go back to that I think is such an important message in the world of self-love is something that you said like half an hour ago or something, but um, you were talking and not to go back to the breakup, but just in the process of (gasps) finding, (laughs) finding a relationship, which of course relationships are such a massive part of being a human and finding that person is such a you know, for some people like me right now, it feels like you're fucking searching through a haystack for this needle. And I've spoken to my breakup on this podcast before and something that I'm doing now, which is something that you mentioned. And I think something so important for anyone who's either like struggling with a breakup, thinking about breaking up with someone has just been through a breakup or like trying to find their unicorn in the fucking world. Something that you said was that you like you didn't want to date you decided to be by yourself and I think for a lot of women they struggle with being by themselves because they feel lonely or they feel alone um and I see those as two different things um uh, or you know they feel like they need that person to complete them or to make them feel better about themselves and I think it is really hard after going through a breakup and having someone there who's there for fucking everything that you tell everything to that you know, confident, best friend, you do everything with blah, 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 and then being by yourself and then feeling okay actually being by yourself and, like, filling your cup back up and feeling whole again after all of the bullshit. So my question after all of that is um, in that process of, like, I'm not dating, I'm, you know, just really working on myself, what's like a tip or something that you could share um absolutely yeah really just like yeah what single what single-handedly got me through the biggest breakup of my life and ironically after I went through another I did the same thing and it has been tried and true for me personally is finding personal develop for me it was personal development videos and it was on YouTube. And for me, it was Bob Proctor. He was the host. Hey, I, yeah, I, I do a lot of television work. So I watched The Secret. Obviously, I love hosts and media personalities. I said, said, who hosted this? And it was Bob Proctor. And I remember opening up the, you know, the YouTube channel and seeing Bob Proctor there and him talking about thoughts, creating things and I just consumed so much feel good content that was for me. And it's not about consuming content to get through breaking up with someone or how to navigate losing a relationship is what I found. Because I remember, I don't know, occasionally, like my roommate, Will, um, I was living with someone, he was great. He was going through a breakup probably a couple months before And he bought a lot of books on breakups and independence and things like that. 
And even he came to the conclusion, what I'm really loving is this book called uh, Healing the Shame Within. And that was literally speaking to his shame and healing it within himself. And all the content I ended up consuming for months and months and months, affirmations about myself, uh, prompts asking me what my dreams were for the future, how to create the best life, motivational speeches from JK Rowling at the time, she's a little controversial now, I won't speak to that. Um, Jim, Jim Carrey, I used to YouTube commencement speech there, uh, commencement speeches, and Jim Carrey's, Ellen DeGeneres's, uh, J.K. Rowling's, Will Smith's, they're just so moving because they have to put those speeches together to launch people into the real world. And if you don't remember your own high school commencement speech, trust me, where all adults need to rewatch or need to be re-chaperoned into the real world, like probably weekly. So I loved those and I just consumed so much for me. I know Kate does this. I do it. And at the time of my breakup, I was religiously doing it, which was I had my walls papered in quotes, papered in motivational reminders, papered in them. I would recite them, read them, hear them, listen to them. And it was all for me. And so I think turning the spotlight to me, it was almost like sometimes they say, if you have a bruise on your arm and you're wondering why it won't go away, but every day you're literally, why won't this go away? And you're poking it and you're prodding it and it's only turning more blue. It's not going to that yellow healing state. It's because you're picking at it. And in uh, emotional um, psychology and in a lot of the mental fitness training I've done, it is the um, feel better effect of becoming almost like going to an apple. If you're studying math, go eat a piece of fruit, go do something totally unrelated. I feel like in a breakup, instead of figuring out how to manage a breakup, how to overcome being with a person, just go do stuff for yourself. Watch things on how to motivate yourself. And it's so closely intertwined because what we don't realize when we break up with someone is what's actually wounded is us. So start in that personal development phase and realm. And it's so beautiful because it feels distracting. And then you wake up day seven and you're like, oh shit, this actually healed the actual problem I had in the first place. And it's just by me feeding myself all of it. So yeah, it was good. And yeah. another book, self-esteem. I love the book, self-esteem. You will be like, holy crap, I do that. For so many of those like chapters in the book, self-esteem. So that's another good one. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, um, oh, there's a lot in that. It's such good, such good shit. Um, Did you do that? Cause I feel like you personally in your breakup have done that a little bit. Like, yes. it's like you, it's Kate. Show. It's the Kate show. It's Cause the, Kate the show. problem is we still want to have the other person on the stage and like, no, no more spotlight for them. It's your show, you know? Yeah. That's honestly, I feel like I've like, the breakup for me was probably one of the hardest human experiences that I've faced. Yeah. Um, but I now look at it with gratitude because I've grown more in the last six or seven months than I have in the last couple of years for the sole reason that I had no one else to fucking deal with. And I literally, as you said, like turned the spotlight on myself and I was, and, and interestingly, the breakup brought up a lot of shit that I thought that I'd healed and a lot of insecurities that I thought that I dealt with. And 
him not choosing me, even though I didn't choose him, but him not choosing me brought up so much shit that I was like, oh, hello, motherfuckers. Like, wow, you're still here playing. Yeah, you're still here. Wow. I didn't realize I thought I'd worked on you. Um, but that has given me like this, the space to identify them and then work through them again from, from a different angle, which was obviously incredibly needed. And yeah, I've done like courses and read books and watched YouTube videos and done so much shit that within the confines of a relationship, I probably wasn't focusing on myself as much just because I had, it's, it's almost like, not that I was placing my worth in someone else, but you have like you have validation to an extent of like you're a good human and someone's consistently like I love you and you're amazing and then when that disappears you have to give that to yourself and that's when the real fucking self-love shit really starts because you don't have anyone I mean you have friends and your family and whatever but like the the part like the partner validation is a lot deeper and a lot different to your family and friends it is and when that disappears that's when you have to look at yourself and be like, no, I fucking love you. Like, I don't need, it's nice to have someone else to love you. And of course that's something that that I want, but like, I have to fucking be whole and love me without that person and validate myself and really get to know myself again and who the fuck I am. And again, I look upon that breakup now with gratitude because it's allowed me to really do that um, and do it as an adult. And what I mean, like, I'm, you know, like, I've done it when I was early twenties and I'm an adult then obviously, but like late twenties, it's just, there's just, you're different. 30th like you're, birthday next year. Uh-huh, no. <laughs> um, I hope you wanted that in the show because it's- <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs> yeah. So um, yes, I have done that. And I think it's probably the most powerful thing. Like I've watched a lot of my friends sort of jump between relationships and um, I really didn't want to do that because I wanted to give myself the space to, I'm really so fucking work on me dude like getting personal I was like okay this is gonna be a big one I know you've been you know you were with him for so long and personally and it was just a little hope I personally hoped that no one huh, I was like okay universe I know you're gonna orchestrate whatever but I was hoping that no little no side guy would walk in in that divine moment because what I felt intuitively was like Ooh, this would be such yummy space for her. But, you know, maybe Universal send a side note, like a side guy. We've all like, if you've been through a breakup, you're listening to this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like this side guy that you just kind of like, a distraction. Exactly. And and I'm like, so kind of happy because it didn't. And I get that if it did, it would have been perfect for your course, but it's so cool to see your course expand. And also like, just to feel connected more deeply to yourself and to your path and to your world. And like, I've watched you get just as confident, like, hell yeah, there's a man right in my future projected. Like he's on, like when I meet him, great. I'm not going to go fishing. I'm not going to go hunting and he's there. And I know it because I have the energy from you that you have cultivated that. And I think it's so beautiful that you said that you acknowledged because a lot of people need to hear this. Someone, some people will never hear that. They think something's wrong with their friends, something's wrong with their families, because when they go through breakups, it doesn't feel the same uh, connecting with them. And it's because a romantic partner like does something where they choose you voluntarily, they're talking to you. Um, 
it's almost unbiased because you love them, but you know, they don't have to say it. They're not your family when you're getting this validation. And for me personally, I didn't have the friends and family to call when I was going through this terrible breakup. And I mean, like you guys, I was sick, crying. I made myself physically ill. It was, it was, it felt like traumatic death, honestly. And seeing these YouTube videos, watching these other leaders, joining these courses, coming onto a podcast just like this. It was such a beautiful recreated feeling of support because it's not that family and friends who you feel disappointed by. It's just another human who you can relate to, who you can feel inspired and empowered by. You can take nuggets. You can keep your mental fitness up by tuning into them. Um, it's what you're doing here on the podcast right this minute. And so don't feel disappointed if you are going through a breakup and your mom or dad isn't doing it for you the way they used to, don't worry. It's every single human, like that never happens recreated. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Well, here we go. Um, so oh. I guess that's a really fantastic segue because I, I can now recognize that me doing all of this work on myself is because I had the space to just be by myself and focus on myself. And now I guess as I move into the possibility of a new relationship, I want to ensure that I don't stop doing this shit for me. And I guess I probably worked on myself less when I was in that relationship because I did have that like, you know, validation of you're great, you're amazing, I love you. A hundred percent. And so I know within your relationship with Jocko, my big brother. I know, where is he? He could have made a guest appearance. He could have. Um, I know that you like, and, and that's something that I really admire about your relationship and something that I want to embody as I move forward into whatever might exist in the future. But I know that you both work on yourselves individually and like make sure that you're whole and full by yourselves and heal your own shit. But then you also work on yourself as a couple. So as you know, the, the, uh, the, the space that's created post breakup is one thing and like really honing in on making sure that you're focusing on yourself but then within a relationship, how do you two make sure that you prioritize your individual needs and growth and healing within the yeah. context of being in a couple? I know that's so good. That's such a good question because I didn't know it was like possible. Honestly, in my previous relationship, ironically, he was in the field of therapy. He was a marriage and family therapist. Oh, I didn't know that. Fuck. Uh, yes, ironically. And there was a lot of introspection, but it was never joined. It was like two separate lives. It wasn't that perfect fit. And with Jock, I feel like, wow, this is possible. It is possible to value personal growth, to be able to embark on it individually and separately share together what you're getting individually and separately but then also as a couple what how are you growing together and I'll say like I think the biggest difference is I make time for me to grow to grow individually oh my god all the time no matter what's happening if I'm in a good space if I'm in a bad space whatever space I'm in it's just integrated jock also does in his own way. He has like calls with friends. He, ex he self-examines pretty often. I prompt him to a lot because it's my skill set um, more so and habit, I guess, more so than his. 
there's two parts. Number one is that he's so open to it. Mm. And I made sure to choose a partner who also believed that developing yourself personally is a great thing. Like we're here to just reach our full self potential. I'm like ironically facilitating that in my life now for everyone is what I want for the world. But number one, he's really open. So I think another thing was, I guess in the past, maybe I haven't experienced it, but a lot of my friends have where this other person is just totally closed off to the whole making yourself better. So that's number one is choice and partners. Phenomenal. Number two is I feel like we choose, we choose from nothing all the time to make ourselves better. And we don't daily say, let's figure out how to make our relationship better as a priority, as much as we share about ourselves. And then whatever gaps there are, usually I'll bring them up like, Hey, I feel less connected here. We will talk about that from such an enlightened space because we do the work separately, individually. So I'll say like, yeah, it's coming. He he will say to me, like, this is the perfect example. He, I was like, I just feel like you don't even know what I'm up to. Like, there are so many little details that I can't even have a conversation with you about because you don't know them. And he goes, this reminds me of your share about how you felt hurt by your parents because they never knew the classes you were taking. They never knew the deadlines of the bake sales. And I'm like, oh my God, you're right. It's the same freaking response. And I was getting really annoyed. And he goes, literally, you skipped a college admissions interview to rebel because you wanted your mom to remind you you had it. But because she didn't, I skipped it and said, I guess I won't go to UCLA because you guys didn't know my schedule. And all of that was like, wow. You're right. Okay. So that side of me is coming up. And then I could also tell him the other part though, is that if it's not on your calendar, you often don't make time to be present with stuff because that's who you are. So maybe making a moment in your calendar to make sure that we're talking about all of my life is good too. So I think just knowing each other in and out and sharing your personal development with the other person, I do not, everything I get and the person I'm becoming is whether he likes it or not shared. And as a result, when we're having issues, he can say, isn't this like when you punished your mom because she didn't know your schedule? And I'm like, Fuck, yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then of course, it's like, you know, were you, were you bullied as a child? Because like this reaction, sweetheart, it's kind of coming from there. And so yeah, it's been really good. We've done courses together, like, but separate courses for ourselves. So the same weekend, but not for the relationship. And I think people underestimate two people being totally invested in their own personal growth and not hold, not wanting to be so righteous that they have to be right, but each being open to how they could be wrong or how they could, how it could be coming from them, their issues. Oh my God. It's so great because you don't have an attack. You have, this is prompting it on my side. Okay. Well, this is what's being triggered on my side okay, well, what's a happy medium? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the awareness and knowledge and just, it all comes down to self-work, self-love. And it's not making time to make sure that you're working on your relationship. It's that what comes up for your relationship is worked through because you've worked on yourselves. It's so crazy, but it's like, wow. Yeah. I love that. There was a lot in that, but I guess to summarize, it's awareness of self, 
awareness of each other's shit um, and awareness of how that could be showing up or is showing up within the relationship, communication, communication, and <laughs> openness to all of that, which t- to be honest, like I don't think enough people are because looking at your shit and pulling up all of the shit is really fucking hard and it's exactly. traumatizing. But by doing so, like your relationship, um, and of course I have a biased viewpoint, but also a pretty like knowledgeable understanding viewpoint because I speak to Jock a lot. Like he shares shit with me. You share shit with me. Um, totally. I, I really admire that about your relationship like the commitment to the individual growth but also the commitment to understanding the other person within the context of shit that comes up within the relationship and I think that that's such an important um thing and I guess I'm thinking a lot about as I again like move forward into the potential of what dating oh my god oh my god I know I'm like what (laughs) but like really making sure that you're picking someone or like at at least that they're open to growth and understanding but also that you have such a um solid commitment to yourself outside of the relationship yeah exactly and yeah a hundred percent because I didn't even think I was looking for that until I brought Jock to this like last night of this of this course I had done and I didn't imply that he should go sign up for it, but they invited you to sign up at the end. And he goes, and he walked over to the table and I go, what, what, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I just want to do what you're doing. And oh I'm like, God, he's so cute. I love him. it was the cutest thing ever. I really love it. I love him so much. <laughs> I know it's just like openness and there's no right way. And there's no one way. And I don't know if he was freaking born that way or what, but I'm like, it's the openness to being different possibilities and to nothing mattering or meaning something specific. It's like always, almost always open to subjective thought, which is what they like teach in personal development. And Jock, his like baseline seems to be pretty try anything, try everything. Who's wrong? No one's wrong. Everyone's wrong. Depending on what you think, like all of that enlightened thought. I'm like, wow. Okay. All right. Good quality. Ding, ding, ding. Let's do that one. It was like, all right, I'm down for that. Um, I, think, I think you've had a, a big role in that though. And interestingly, Erica said that in her fucking wedding vows. <laughs> oh, I totally did. One of I, the first things, sorry, you go. No, one of the first things you said to me, yeah. Yeah, was like, what the fuck have you done to my brother? And I think probably also in that is like, one, his openness, but also having the person who's not leading, but like who's sort of, working on themselves so much that then someone comes along and um yeah he was open to doing that also and I think he'd done a little bit before meeting you as well but um yeah like picking someone who I think you need both like someone exactly open but also like sometimes it might take someone like leading the way a little bit and then the other person needs to come along um and probably if Jock hadn't come along for that ride with you then he might not have been the perfect person for you Oh, a hundred percent. Like who, who knows? And yeah, all of a sudden he was opening up. Like his friends were like, when I met Jock, he had no heart and now he has a heart. And I'm like, Oh my God. But then again, it's like he discovered love and he was just so open. And I think that's another great way of being is 
so open to anything. And you got, and I mean like anything, like here's a Molly, what's a Molly? Let me try it like a Molly. And if anyway, if you're, if your parents are listening, Molly, anyway, but like literally you guys like so open that nothing can be wrong, bad, try everything so open. So then when personal development, love, all this stuff was introduced, it's like, oh, this feels really good. Let me keep doing it. Sure. So yeah. 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 I love that. And I, I, I think that that's, yeah, that's why I kind of asked you that question. Cause I think it's so important to both have that commitment to self. And I guess something that was missing in my last relationship was he didn't necessarily yeah. have that. And so, um, yeah, I guess moving forward. And, and if you're in a similar position to me, or even if you are in a relationship, like it's never too late to start self-discovery and to start working on yourself and and even within the confines of a relationship you can work on self-love and self-worth as an individual and I think it's the most important thing to do um so don't feel like it's too late if you're already in a relationship and you haven't started doing this it's just 100 percent making sure that you're making that commitment to yourself no matter what your fucking circumstances are if you're single divorced married fucking exactly yeah no a thousand percent and it's funny because they don't have to be like so on it in your personal development world 24 7 they just have to value it I think like it's like Oprah's husband do they always joke like who is he where is he what does he do he's just like he's like silently supportive open values all the thought that she has teaches and is about and they don't need to they don't need to be your equal in personality or otherwise it's just like this weird openness support and value system for themselves that they could share it'd just be access to such a great thing because also if you're listening jock purtle and i personality wise polar opposite opposite. like yin and yang couldn't be more different exactly and so that is why i'm like it's just it's a value and it's like an openness a value and just the being on boredness and and for me also evaluating for me Maybe you're fine with just like, oh, I'm on board with everything you're doing, honey. But I really needed it to be valued. Like he does value that I do it. He values that he incorporate personal development um, rather than just like, oh, cute, honey, you're going to do your weekend project. (laughs) You know, you know what I'm saying? Like there's that kind of support. And then there's like, but you actually value it type thing where it's not just like a craft weekend I'm doing. It's like discovering what my inner child needs yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the foundational values morals openness um willingness to grow separately and together um 100%. and really making sure that you're finding finding that and again if you're inside of a relationship right now it's not too fucking late to start doing all of this stuff oh it's never too late never yeah and it's great and start with sharing share whatever you're feeling and going through like oh suppression is poison that's what I'll say it is like suppression is poison so I'm so like I met Kate in the family and when I met Jock he was not the most like sharing did not come naturally and then I met Kate and I'm like oh my god there's hope like (laughs) I can't I always I always used to say and it's changed and again I like it's thanks to Erica but of course thanks to Jock's openness as well like you're both responsible but you, you were really like paving the way for his growth in that capacity. But I used to say that in the gene pool, I got 200% of the emotions and Jock got 0% because I'm such a like deep emotive, 
um, human and Jock is like very, very, very intellectual and quite robotic. But over the time, <laughs> robotic Eric, is the perfect word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks to E Diggity Dog and his openness and obviously their commitment to selves and, and together, he's really opened up. And now he'll, yeah, like Jock and I have always had a great relationship, but it's so much deeper and communicative and emotive now, which for me, like, like that's my core connection like I want I don't want to talk yeah. about I don't want to talk about like fucking surfers yeah, yeah. I want to talk about like what are you thinking and feeling and like what are you struggling with and what do you need and like all that shit and now yeah again thanks to both of them that the, our relationship has developed so much and it's so much deeper and stronger as a result of him working on his self-worth and self-esteem and self-love and yeah. and you being sort of the the lighthouse for that and then coming together later yeah in that beautiful union of an american and australian oh my god i wish i could just be in australia though right now oh oh well i know yeah i love that that's so good i know now we're becoming like a power family almost kind of coaching the others to share their emotions yeah exactly a little bit a little bit more yeah so we've been going for like an hour and a quarter now so the last I feel like we could continue speaking for the next like five days. Yeah, I know, like a million years. <laughs> but one thing that I did want to ask you to kind of wrap it all up is if someone was just starting out on their journey of self-discovery or investigation, as you termed it, what is one piece of advice you could share with them to get started? Oh, that's a really, really good question. Uh, I feel... I feel that the piece of advice that I would give is that the programs, the programs or weekend events or whatever is online, um, encouraging people to live a more fulfilled life, like those type things. I've personally done something called Landmark. I've done Insight. There's another one called Choice that friends have done. They are designed and programmed for you to discover something, for you to get something from your life. And I think sometimes these programs get like a bad rap, but the truth is in my experience, someone has created them for you to feel better in some capacity. There's tons online. And I personally loved getting a coach. I loved doing a weekend. I loved and got the most out of being facilitated. It wasn't necessarily just reading a book for me, but someone pulling things out of me in a guided way where you can, your only responsibility is showing up and showing up in an open space. And I really got that from those type weekends. I had a coach and mentor, um, even a session. If you're booking with a therapist, naturopath, all of these different options online, do one, try one out, see what works for you. Try four, try five, because these people, their intention is for you to feel good and feel fulfilled and sometimes people shy away if they find something online it was created by a person read what you're going to get out of it and if the vessel if the person that you're watching or seeing resonates with you do do it similar information everywhere when the vessel resonates with you say yes and just go learn it from that person so I think I'd say that awesome I love that I think there's um so there's 
obviously a like a gazillion different free resources out there but I believe when you pay you pay attention and so when there's some (laughs) some form of commitment on the line whether that's time money um well yeah time or money um then of course you show up for yourself in a much bigger deeper capacity so if you don't have the financial means to um, invest in a course program therapist mentor whatever that might look like then there are a gazillion resources which are incredibly like as Erica mentioned before like YouTube videos of Bob Proctor or um, you know a bunch of free shit out there I have a free gift it's a manifestation course (laughs) go do it (laughs) exactly which I'll also chuck in the show notes Um, but when when you pay you pay attention and when you show up for yourself in a way that you invest something and you put something on the line then transformation occurs and I also a believer that transformation doesn't happen in isolation and so whether you you know, you're guided by someone, whether that be a coach, mental therapist, or yeah. whether you join a group of people doing similar shit, even a book club of personal development books, like whatever capacity you can invest in yourself, go and fucking do it because it's, that's where trans- change begins and transformation occurs. Exactly. Go step into whatever is calling you or whatever you find first. Like usually that's a lot of it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I love what you said about the person resonating because the truth is that there's, again, a gazillion courses that are relatively similar and you'll achieve a similar outcome, but you have to make sure that you resonate with the person facilitating them because otherwise yes. you won't get anything out of it. I always say it comes down to the vessel. They're just vessels of good news, vessels and bringers of more fulfillment in your life. Pick the one that you like. It's like you're, there's a million dresses, but you're not just go buy the one you like because you're going to wear it. And yes. you're gonna love it. That's such yeah. a fashion reference. Yeah. We went the whole time without one, but <laughs> there we go. We've got it. I'm, I'm fixing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I guess the same goes for like there's a fucking million thousand diets out there, but just pick one and 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 like jump on board. Yeah. And so I love the vessel because my imagine my creative imaginary imaginary imaginative mind imaginative thank you <laughs> went to a boat and like just get on the fucking boat and it's also because I'm looking at the ocean simultaneously get on the boat stay on the one fucking boat and don't get off and just keep fucking moving forward and yes. don't jump between vessels or boats because then you won't fucking get anywhere exactly just finish the book yeah <laughs> like, stay on the 100% boat. results promised if you yeah. commit yeah amazing it. so to wrap this up, where can my lovely listeners go to find you? Um, what that looks like? And then also just share about your vision board party and your free five-day manifestation course, which links will be in the show notes. I love it. So yes. So you can find me at ericadelacruz.com and where all the action is, is my Instagram. So at underscore ericadelacruz, you can find it on the website and head to the link in bio. There's all sorts of resources very first one is a vision board party. Um, sign up. We'll be outlining our goals for 2021. You will also get access to a free mini manifestation course. It's tons of the mindset we talked about today. Uh, and I'd love to hear from you. So follow along the journey. Um, and I usually put most on the gram. So you're pretty safe going to that one location. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything will get distributed from the gram. So I'll put all of those things in the show notes. Um, everyone go and follow her. She's a ball of energy and fun Yay. and happiness, yumminess and gratitude. So I love you Kate, so much for being here today. And I have a surprise for you. What is it? A jock turtle walked in just moments. Oh my God. Hey. 
I know. We'll keep them out of the show. I'll, anyway, but yes. <laughs> um, amazing. I just saw my brother on, on video. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you sharing all of that deliciousness. And I knew that you'd offer some amazing insights to all kinds of things. And I'm really grateful for you being here. And I'm so grateful for you. I love you. I love you more. We'll see you soon. So that was episode number 24. If you have appreciated this episode or if you have taken something amazing outside of this, make sure that you screenshot the episode, chuck it on your Instagram and tag the both of us and share with us the biggest thing that resonated or the biggest lesson or something that you just really appreciated listening to. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did find it super valuable and want to shout it from the rooftops, make sure to screenshot, post and tag me on Instagram so I can stalk the shit out of you and we can connect some more. I just want to say a massive thank you for your time and your ear holes today. I'm incredibly grateful that you chose to listen to my podcast. To make sure that you're notified of the next episode, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a single episode from me. And to leave you today, go out there and be wild. Just fucking love yourself. I dare ya. That's all from me today, friends. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye!